Well, welcome to Bridge Community Church today. Hope everybody's doing well. My name is Nicholas Acevedo, and if um, you never met me, my wife Georgia and I, we are church planners in Cleveland, Ohio. It's, hey, it's just starting to get a little bit warm. Uh, no, it is good. We, um, if you don't know who we are, it's, it's not about us, but, you know, um, I grew up in this church, and my wife and I, we, we came here about three years ago, and we served on staff here, and the Lord saw fit to send us to Cleveland. Don't know why, but, you know, not my will be done, but his will be done, Amen. And we have the honor and joy of, of serving Jesus Christ in that capacity. And we are so thankful for Bridge Community Church and the people and families here to uh, support us and, and help reach the people of Cleveland. And we appreciate you guys. My wife and I, uh, thank you for your, 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 your prayers and your support in our lives. And we are just recently just started uh, uh, a small group in our house. And we gathered about 10 people who want to see something done in the city of Cleveland. It's not about us. Our prayer was always, Lord, I know it's not about us because I, I'm nobody. Listen, I you could ask my wife and people who know me. I barely can speak English. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I'm nobody. Uh, and I'm just a servant of the Lord who can be used in, in, a, in a manner that uh, gives glory to him. Amen. And so we started this small group in our house, and we're excited to see what the Lord's going to do next. Amen. And so I am honored. We are honored and privileged to be here and share with you on this Father's Day. I just want to uh, say happy Father's Day again to all the fathers. I want to say a special happy Father's Day to all the spiritual dads. Right. I want to say a very special uh, happy Father's Day to Pastor Paul Kemper, uh, I know he's not going to like this, but can we give it up for our pastors, Paul and Leslie? They, they took me in when I was about 19 years old. He was uh, probably like 33 or 34. I was 19 years old, and, you know, um, they thought they were going to get rid of me, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm around. I'm like a leech. They can't get rid of me no more, right? And so... We honor you, fathers, and we appreciate you guys. And since it's Father's Day, I'm going to pick on the fathers a little bit. Is that okay? Is that okay? Right? But, but, but this message is not just for the fathers, though. It, it applies to all of us. So if I say something good or, uh, ladies, this is for you too. Because if I say something good or something you like, don't elbow your man, right, or the man next to you. Don't go, mm-hmm, listen to the pastor, right? Don't, don't do that because this, this can apply to all of us, right? Because the gospel transcends all that. It transcends any gender, any race, any social, cl- right? It, it transcends all that stuff. So we take the word of God, we let it read us, and then we apply it to our lives. Amen? And so we're going to jump in. So if you have your copies of your word of God, would you uh, turn to them? We're going to be in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, starting in verse 14. So what's going to happen is I'm going to... Since it's Father's Day, I want to talk about a fatherless culture. So I want to really touch on what Scripture says about fathers and really um, see what the the issue is and different things like that. And then at the end, I want to just give some practical stuff that we could take and and use outside these doors, okay? And so 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, you know, today is a great day, right? And as Pastor Paul said earlier, today is a great day, and it's worth celebrating. But underneath the celebration is a tension, right? It's a tension of this 
uh, man, we look back on our lives on days like Father's Day and Mother's Day and Christmas and even birthdays and say, man, I look back on my life and some of us can say, I enjoyed it. It's a fun time. It's a good time. I have good memories. For some of us, it's a tension on any celebration because we say, I didn't have such a good time. It wasn't so good for me or it's not even worth remembering. I don't even want to remember it, right? But I want to encourage you today that, that there's hope. There's hope. There, there, there's hope for the future and there's hope for your past, right? There's healing for your past. There's healing uh, that goes into the future. I hope that, that uh, hopefully that makes sense to you. So we're going to jump into this. And so 1 Corinthians, it says, it says, I'm not writing this to shame you. This is Paul speaking here, right, to the church. He says, I'm not writing this to shame you. And so I want to communicate that to, you, to us today. I'm, I'm not up here to shame anybody. Okay? Understand that? So if I say something that makes you feel guilty or, or, uh, or shameful or, or whatever, that's not my intent. Men, agree? Right? You might feel those things because we're reading the Word of God. And again, the Word of God is always meant to read us, not us. Just read it. Make sense? And so you might feel guilty. You might feel shame. Listen, that's cool. Right? But I tell you what else you're going to feel is pride. Because me, us as men, we're like, well, crying, right? I don't go to the altar. I stay in my seat. I don't, right? That, listen, that's, that's the truth of it. That's our mindset, right? That, that we're men. We don't, we don't show emotion. We don't, we don't do things that we deem not to be men-like, right? But I'm telling you that you might feel shame and you might feel guilt because we're reading the word of God. And that's the Holy Spirit working in us, right, to achieve what he wants us to achieve, right? So God is calling us, anybody, man, woman, uh, uh, teenagers, whatever, to, to a higher standard and to live by the word of God. And so we might feel this shame. We might feel that guilt. But we also might feel that pride. And let me tell you, don't let that pride get in the way of what God wants to do in your life today. Don't let him get in the way. Don't let that thing get in the way. Because I tell you what, the devil uses things like pride to stop us. He does. He uses pride. He uses these thoughts and different things like that to stop us from achieving what he ultimately wants to achieve. So I'm not writing this to shame us by all means. This is, if anybody's getting shamed, I'm getting shamed. Trust me, because I'm not perfect. You can talk to my wife. Yesterday, I felt so bad, and we were coming off the turnpike, and I honked at this guy, and, and he had a kind gesture he gave to me, and, and I was ready to get out of my car. No lie. Put it in park. I opened my door, and George was like, don't. You're saved. You're a pastor. Don't. Been driving a lot this week, and it's just like, man. I was like, you're right, babe. I'm like, oh. I go to Pastor Paul. Oh, forgive me, Pastor. I've sinned. You know, and man, I'm telling you this, this, what, what I'm speaking here today is something that the Lord's dealing with me, has dealt with me, and continues to deal with me, right? So I'm not here to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children, even though you have 10,000 guardians, other translation says teachers, so you have 10,000 people and, and programs and, and television shows that telling you how to parent or how to do this or how to do that. You have 10,000 guardians in Christ. You do not have many fathers. You do not have many fathers. 
You're missing a key relationship, he's saying. He, you're, you're, you have a lot of information of how to, how to but, you, but you don't have the key relationship. So in Christ Jesus, I, came, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me for the reason I'm sending you Timothy, my son, who I love, who is faithful in the Lord. And we do live in a fatherless culture. We live in a fatherless world. And listen, it's not, it has not been a problem for the last 20 or, or, or 30 years. It's actually been the question that God has asked since the beginning of time in Genesis 3. In Genesis 3, uh, um, starting in verse 6, it, it says this. When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. Right? So, man, listen, let, let, me, let me help you out. You know, there's been a, a long life question that, that we men, women have, have been asking. Why can't women ever choose what to eat, where to go to eat? Right. You with me? It's because of this verse. This is the answer right here. Because last time they chose, they wrecked the whole world. Come on. <laughs> I'm just messing. I'm just messing. I'm just kidding. So when you go out to eat today, just give them a little, give, give our ladies a little bit more grace. Amen. And so she saw that it was pleasing and, and, and good for food and desirable. So she ate some and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were open and they realized they were naked. So they sewed some uh, fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. And then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord coming through the garden in the cool of the day. And basically God is saying... Where are you? He said, man, where are you? Because, listen, there's been an argument, oh, it's the woman's fault that she ate from the tree. It's the man's fault. Like, listen, the commandment was always given to the man, not to the woman. It's in Scripture, right? So God says, Adam, don't do this, right? And so they they partake of the fruit of the tree, and God's like, man, where are you? He's like, Adam, where are you? And Adam replies, I hid him because I was naked. And he said, who told you that you were naked? You have eaten from the tree I commanded you not to. The man said to the, wo- the woman you put here with me. See, these are issues from the beginning of time, guys. All right? We don't need Dr. Phil or Oprah. We just look to the word of God. Right? The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. And so this is a question from the beginning of time in Genesis 3 that God's asking. Because uh, uh, listen, even in Ezekiel it says, I was searching for somebody to fill in the gap. I was searching for a man. I was searching for a woman to stand in the gap, but I could not find any, so I will curse the land. Ezekiel 22 verse 30. And it's a question that we have asked for many, many years. It's a question because listen... I see a lot of males, but I don't see a lot of men. That hurts. I know, there, there's the pride right there, right? Not calling me a man, right? But that, it's just the truth of it. It's the question uh, that I've asked in my life. It's the question that the single parent is asking when they've been abandoned. It's the, it's the question that the teachers are asking. It's the question the church is asking. Where are the men? Where are the men? See, the role of a man in the house, the role of a man in the church is important. I love our ladies. I love our ladies. 
But listen, ladies are not the solution. Not. Because you're not the problem. Pastors, youth pastors, they're not the solution. They were never designed to pastor my kids, to disciple my kids, right? It's good to have youth group and stuff like that, and I love it, and we need it, right? But they were never designed to pastor my kids because they're not the problem. Does it make sense, right? Now, if you are without a father or by some certain uh, circumstances and stuff like that, that's where the church comes in. We, we, listen, we're all family, and we do this all together. But in, in, in somewhere along the line, we as men have said, we don't need to disciple our family. We don't need to disciple our kids. That's the church's job. It's not. Right? The church's job is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. Right? And that could apply for any area. But, but listen, they're not the problem. So they cannot be the solution. Sometimes the, the, sometimes the problem is the solution. And in this case, that's what it is. Make sense? No? Yeah. Let me go on? All right. So let me give you some facts here about fatherless children. We're going to have them on the screen, don't we? So first, first fact here is this, five times more likely to commit suicide. Eight times more likely to go to prison. Nine times more likely to drop out of high school. Ten more times likely to have a substance abuse. Thirty-three times more likely to be abused. Twenty more times likely to have behavioral issues. Those are statistics that people without homes, without fathers, kids without fathers, daughters. Let's go to daughters real quick. Fifty-three percent more likely to marry as a teen. Ninety-two more. uh, Ninety-two more likely to divorce if they marry. 164% more likely to be single as a parent. Man. That's depressing, right? Pastor, why are you saying all this depressing stuff on a Father's Day? Because these are people's lives. These are people's lives. Another uh, survey I found, if a child is the first person to give their life to Christ in a household, 3.3% of the rest of the family is more likely to uh, be saved, right? If a mother becomes a Christian, uh, there is a 17% uh, that the household will be saved. And look at this jump, guys. Look at this jump. If a father gives his heart to Christ and it shows that 93% of the household will be saved. I'm not just making that up. I, I texted that to Pastor Paul. I was like, look at this stat. He's like, hey, make sure it's solid. Make sure you're not getting it off of like, you know, uh, uh, you know YouTube or anything like that. <laughs> so I double-checked my resources. That's a crazy jump. That is crazy. So we see by stats that it is the, 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 it's important to have that uh, uh, father uh, active in the family and in the church, Right? Because some of us know how to build a shed, but we can't build our family. It's just the truth. Something I'm continuing to learn. Right? 
Like I said, Pastor Paul's my spiritual father, so I have questions for about family. I'm like, hey, man, I done messed up. How do I deal with this situation? Because I don't want to come to a place where I don't have my children's uh, affection towards me. Or it's fake, right? So where's the hope? We see these stats, and you're like, where's the hope in all this? Where, 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 I don't find peace. I don't find no hope. But trust me, there is hope in all of this. And actually, it's found in Malachi chapter 4 here. And it's the last, actually, the last verse of the, New, of the Old Testament. And we see that there is hope for all this. He says this in Malachi 4, verse 6. He says, I will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children. And the hearts of their children to their fathers. I like that. Or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. This is God's hope. This is, this is God's hope. And we could question like, well, I never had a dad or my dad left us when, we, when I was born. Where's the hope in that? This is the hope that, that God's hope is this, that he would turn the father's heart back to his children and his children's heart back to the father or mother, right? And you're saying, can this really happen? It can because I was that kid. I was that kid. Didn't really know my dad growing up. Spent about over 10 years not seeing my dad, talking to my dad or anything like that. And when I turned 19, I had a chance to really, I don't know if repair or uh, rebuild the relationship with my father. And so I go back up to New York, Brooklyn, and we're on the beach in Coney Island. And and I sit on I sit on the on, on my little uh, towel and I I see my dad playing football with some kids and I ask the question why couldn't that be me? Why couldn't he taught me how to throw a ball? Why couldn't he taught me how to shave? Or why didn't I have somebody to call father? Right? That that's part of my story because it, it has happened in my life and. And at the same time, all those questions started coming up. The bitterness and anger and different things like that started building up in me. And if anybody knows me back then, I wasn't much of a talker. You asked me, you asked me a serious question. I, I, Leslie said one time, she said, I asked you a serious question. And you just walked away and went up to the room. I was like, did I? Oh, wow. I was like, ooh. But that was me. That's my story. I didn't have a dad growing up. The relationship, my heart towards my father was gone. And obviously his heart towards me was gone as well too. But there's hope because I've been through it. And Pastor Paul sat me down. He's like, what's going on? Like, let's walk. Let's talk this out. Let's walk this out. And I'm grateful for that. Because if it wasn't for that, I probably still have daddy issues today. And the Lord is saying to us today, no matter your circumstances, no matter what you're going through, no matter your past relationship with your father or even mother or whoever, uh, there, there's, a, there's always this hope that God wants to steer our hearts back together towards each other. And that's my hope for us today. That at the end of this, that maybe... 
you didn't have a father growing up. Maybe you, uh, your heart is away from your parents. Maybe you're, you're a teenager here and, and your heart is not towards your parents. There's healing for us today. There, there is forgiveness today, right? Nothing, listen, nothing will happen in a day. Can God heal us and heal all the emotion stuff that's in us? Yes, he could do it in a second. I believe that, right? We're going to have an opportunity to come up here and pray for each other and different things like that. He could do it right today. And you could walk out these doors uh, a different person the way you came in. But this is a journey as well, too, right? The best thing Pastor Paul did ever, ever for me was take me on a spiritual journey. And I'm still on that journey. Just because I'm standing up here preaching the word of God, doesn't, that doesn't mean uh, I'm not on a journey like everybody else, right? I, I'm on this journey. The best thing he could do for me was take me on a spiritual journey. Because if you're a messed up man here today, which it might be all of us, it might be half of us, it might be a handful of us. Let me let, me let you wear something. If you're a messed up man, you're contributing to a messed up family. And if you're a messed up family, contribute to a messed up. If you're a messed up man, contribute to a messed up family. And you go to church, and your family goes to church. You're contributing to a messed up church. And if you're a messed up man, contributing to a messed up family. Going to a messed up church, which your church is supposed to be the light of the world. You're contributing to a messed up neighborhood. And if you're a messed up man, do we get the point? You're contributing to a messed up neighborhood, which contributes to a messed up town or city, which contributes to a messed up nation, which contributes to a messed up country and world. You see the trickle effect, right? And so the hope for us today is that we would recognize where we are as a father and move in a direction where the word of God wants us to move in. Amen? So three, three real quick practical points. Here is this. If we're dealing with this stuff or, listen, maybe you're feeling like, yeah, I need to be that better father for my children, for my family, for my wife, or even, uh, even a spiritual father. We'll get to that, right? Pay attention to that. So the first point is this. Before we go anywhere else, we need to be healed from our father wounds. We need to be healed, right? We need to be healed. Like I said, if, you're, if we're not healed, we're just, contrib- we're just passing that, that hurt on. We're just passing it on. We need to be healed from that. Because we have a lot of fathers pretending uh, 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 to be men, but they're just stuck in, in, in the male state. Sorry, guys. It's just what it is. We're pretending to be something we're not. We want to act machismo and have different things like this in our lives to say, yeah, I'm a man. I, I do this. I do X, Y, and But you're not doing things that count for the, for the heavenly work that's, that we're called to do. James 5 says this, therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I don't know about you, but I don't want to walk around like a mess. Right? You could come in here all you want with the nice clothes and the, and the nice smile, and, but you're hurting underneath. It's not working. We need to be healed. I want us to really focus on those last couple of words. Be healed. How? Confess your sins. To who? 
to each other. They don't even say God. They don't even say God. We confess our sins to God for forgiveness. But for healing, we confess to each other. So what? We pray for each other so we can move on. It's a journey. Healing is important. Number two is this. Find a father and be a father. Find a father and be a father. Well, I didn't have a dad. I get it. I understand. Truly, I do. But don't let that stop you from moving into the future of what God has for you. Don't let the past corrupt your now. Because that's what happens. We try to change the past by changing the future, and what happens? It corrupts our now. Be, find a father, be a father. Pastor Paul, he had plenty of kids to deal with. <laughs> he had plenty of kids to deal with. Right? But they saw fit. God saw fit to lay it on their heart to be a father to me. And that's where the church, that's where single parents, you're like, my husband walked out on me X, Y, and Z years ago. Even mothers, my fathers, my, my wife walked out and I have kids now and it goes either way. This is where the church comes in. Where it's, I will be a father to the fatherless. Right? But we're so caught up in our own little worlds that we, we don't see the hurt of the others. We don't see the pain. It says this in Psalm 68. It says, a father to the fatherless. God is a father to the fatherless. And so if we're to imitate him, we are to do the same thing. A father to the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. He leads forth prisoners with singing. So we're stuck in this fatherless generation. And his hope is that the kids would come back to the fathers. And the fathers come back to their children. So we could sing with praise. Man, I have a 10-month-old baby girl next service. We're going to dedicate her. And I'm so excited. I'm not going to cry because I don't do that because I'm a man. (laughs) I'll probably cry. But I am so grateful that somebody, I was a fatherless child, and somebody was a father to me so I could be a father to my daughter. Thank you. And I look and I hold my baby after she spits on me. And I say, I am grateful for you. And I will never leave you nor forsake you because that's what God promised us. And I can look at her and say, I'm going to mess up. I tell her this. I'm going to mess up, but I promise to be the best dad I can. Amen. Find a father, be a father. It's important. And the last thing is this. As the worship team comes up, relate to God as a father. We sang good, good father. And it's hard for us to relate to God as a father because we don't know what it means to be a father or we don't know what it means to have a father's love in our life. Right? I hear it all the time. How can I relate to God as a father when my own father or my own mother or the guardians that were placed 
above me have abused me uh, uh, in different various ways that, that I can't even tell you right now because it's too hurtful. How can I look at a God who's supposed to be loving and caring and, and view him as a father? And this is what's happening to me here. As part of the healing process, listen, I understand and it's part of the journey that we want to help you on, that, that the church at large wants to take us on a journey. Jesus wants to take us on a journey of healing, of learning to be a father, but also to see Jesus and God as a father. Listen, this, the, 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 I, I, I want to address him relationally, not just religiously. Right? We say Lord and God, and, and those are good words. I say it all the time. But never forget the relation that we have with God as a father. The disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to address God. What did he say? Our what? Our father. He wants to get in our minds that, gee, that God is our father. That he will never leave us or forsake us. That he is with us. That he has promised us great and mighty things. Not the things that we want but the things that he has planned for our life. I was doing an internship in Pittsburgh in 2009, and I was staying in a recovery home, and the gentleman who was running the home would always get up at 4.50 in the morning. Some people say that's ungodly. At that time, I believe it was. 4.50 in the morning. He would yell at the top of his lungs, Abba. Abba, we love you. Abba, thank you for loving me. Abba, Abba. I'm like, I ain't never even heard of Abba before. Who's Abba? And he sat me down and he's like, Abba, it means father. I'm like, oh. Because that's how he viewed him. Because he brought him from a a journey of pain and hurt and suffering from his own past, from his own uh, childhood, that that he now has this intimate relationship with God. And he views him as father. When we all stand to our feet today, as we get ready to close. And I just want to close with this last, a couple more things. It says this in, in, in James chapter 1. It says this, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from our Father who created all things, the lights in the heavens. He never changes. I need you to understand that. He never changes. Like you and I, we change all the time. Our emotions, right? You come to my house, you spill something on my carpet, my emotions are going to change. I'm just saying. The point is, I change a lot. Emotions, different things like that. He never changes. So if he's promised to be a good father to you, that's what he's going to do. He never changes or casts a shift in shadow. So he's never like, look at this. Look at, look at Sam here. He's messing up again. I'm just going to push him. No, he's, he's not like that. He never changes. He never he never. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, become his prized possession. I don't know about you, but I like being somebody's prized possession. It tells me I'm worth it. I'm worth chasing. I'm worth, even in my mess, 
that you would love me, that you would chase after me in my mess. And even there, not leave me there, but love me enough to continue this journey along. Right? So maybe you're here today as we call the, the, the prayer team up as well too. So we always want to, uh, like I said before, the way we receive healing is by each other praying for each other. And we want to do that here today. So I'm going to make two requests as the prayer team comes up. One is this. Maybe you're here today and you're new, you're visiting with us and you're saying, hey, I want to know the love of the Father. Maybe your father was whatever. You, feel, you, could, you could only fill in the blank. And you're saying, I don't know Jesus or, or, or God as a father and I should, Right? I would want to invite you up. Maybe you need healing from the past, right? Maybe you and your parents are here today and you guys need to come back together and maybe there's healing in that. But also, if you don't know the, the Father as, as the Savior that I know Him as, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords who died on the cross for our sins, just raise your hand real quick so I could just pray for you. Like, It's just raise your hand real quick. That's it. And so, as the worship songs, as the worship team sings, I just want to invite anybody who needs prayer. Maybe you want to stand in the gap for somebody who needs prayer. That's fine as well. Won't you just? Won't we all just come right now as the worship team leads us, and we'll close out.